right, deal. right. So like the King Kong secret sauce, like yep. the secret, you know, so, like, seven crazy. figure, you know, bullshit special sauce. You're gonna, okay. We're gonna reveal it. So disclaimer, there is no perfect strategy. There is no perfect strategy, right? Unless we know what your company's gone through, your problems, your challenges. Industry. There is no one size fits all, all right? That's the secret sauce, Moby. That okay, is so the we'll secret sauce. So right there, thanks for joining next time. <laughs> no, okay, fair enough. Fair, okay, so, all right, awesome. Welcome to the Inbound Buzz Podcast, episode 138. My name is Tony Cow, and I'm joined by Moby CD. How you going, Moby? It's good to be here, man. It's Friday afternoon, we're here late, but we're gonna get this done. You know. Absolutely. Um, let's have a look. So you you've been doing jujitsu lately, bro? We were just talking about it. Yeah, man. I'm trying, but you know. But you've been on F45. How's that? Like you're looking stronger. No, not really. I'm just uh, I'm probably just not eating right. So <laughs> <laughs> no, but no, it's good. It's good you mentioned F45. We're going to talk about F45 today. Uh, so uh, hopefully we'll keep my experience being really unfit in the bottom of the class to a minimum. And talk more about their marketing but yeah that'll be a fun one we'll do mm. that in um can we fix it but yeah. yeah what do we got first we got some news what do we have today to talk about john muller is it muller uh, who on, knows man john muller who cares? yeah muller yeah, on yeah. gambling with seo shortcuts so it's interesting because there is a lot of people or brands out there that always wants to take the shortcut in seo right and you know we're going back to like 2010 when like remember when matt cuts was around and he was like don't do anything dodgy like we're going to penalize you write good content well what what do you reckon so this whole thing this was interesting like um it was so john Mueller is is the guy now and he responded to something and uh, there was some thread or forum right and the woman was like suppose i make a site which is a, a almost a copy of captera or g2 and Trustpilot, and then i make up the content and i scrape user interview reviews and i add it on my site and on top of that i have my own post so there's still like a loophole there right do you think it's ethical and then anyway, so John Mueller actually waves, weighs in on this. He's like, every now and again, a site doing stupid shortcuts, <laughs> kind of full smashed her in this way. Yeah. A site doing stupid shortcuts like this will end up getting SEO traffic and search. Most won't. It's a gamble. Like you could gamble when trying to steal a neighbor's, a neighbor's fruit at night and selling them. Mm. <laughs> so this is the thing, right? Like these shortcuts of let's scrape this data or let's do this, let's do that. The stuff doesn't work anymore. And I think really the main thing is is answering people's questions and informing them and educating them better than everyone else. Mm. This shortcut bullshit does not work. And it's like being original and authentic, right? That's, I mean, that's why we have a content writer in-house for a reason. That's right. That's absolutely right. That's why we do all this content. That's why he writes. Yeah. Mm. Google expands its digital marketing coaching program for small, medium uh, businesses. And this, Moby, this isn't those, you know, like Google ads telemarketers that you get called like 10 times a day right this is like legit coaching for my like a third party uh google business partner that is and they're offering a digital marketing coaching what do you think about that firstly you've triggered me a little bit and i have ranted about this before and i'll quickly get it out of my system but google's helpful consultants are such a pain in the ass like literally what i do when i get a call from them i get send it to voicemail I listen to the voicemail and I block that number. Yeah. Because they're just designed, they're not even they're not even directly by Google. They're a third party with Google email addresses. And you think it annoys you know the listeners if you guys are owning Google ad accounts. As agencies, we get a call for every <laughs> single one of our clients. Yeah. And we've got like 20, 30 clients at any given time. It's freaking stupid. But anyway, this is different. You're right. 
you're right, this is different. Because you're <laughs> when you were looking at this, you're like, who's even going to answer their phone calls, right? <laughs> this is different. These are actually, so it's in America, but what we do know, Google always tests things and it rolls it out, where they're actually digital marketing coaches. Now, they seem to be, I looked up some of them before, and they seem to be like, you know, owners of digital marketing agencies, or there's like a PR person there, a consultant there. And what Google will do for free is for small businesses, hook you up with one of these coaches and they give some coaching. I'm guessing for the coaches, they get a little bit of money. Of course, they get money, right? Mm. But also, they get some exposure. But, I mean, like, I think it works. I mean, what do you think? I think it's a good idea. Yeah, I, I thought so too because, like, originally we were speaking about it. Are they biased? Are they from Google trying to get you to spend lots of money? But, like, they're third party, you know, like you say, agency. So, they should be able to give good advice and, you know, Google will do their um, investigation. Yeah, in theory. And, hey, look, that's why we offer coaching and training too because... Sometimes you just need someone to give you some direction because you can do it yourself. Mm. But yeah, I think it's a great model. HubSpot says remote employees more productive. And this is interesting. Like, I, I love this topic. Um, it's about, you know, uh, just this after COVID, you know, do you work from home, hybrid, or, you know, uh, working in an office? And this is what I love about Red Pandas is it's completely changed where everyone gets to work at home. And then there's the opportunity to be hybrid, you know, come do podcasts. So it's interesting. I, I find it more productive. I've spoke to you about it. Instead of me driving in Sydney for one hour here, I'm one hour back. Yeah. I can spend that time working. 100%, man. Like you wake up half an hour before you got to get on your desk, right? It's, And it, it, we just got used to it. It's like, so Tony, you know, you're going to be a father soon, you know. And I've obviously, I've got a two month at home. And I remember like I was looking at my son yesterday and I'm like, I get to spend so much more time with him because I don't travel. Mm. Like even when I'm going to the bathroom or going for lunch, like obviously he's at home right now. So I see him a lot. But when I had my little kids, like, mm. you know, like they're 11 and 10, 9 now, I never saw them. You know, I'd go to Mascot, take me hour and a half drive every single way. So I'd miss so much. Mm. So like now with my third kid, you with your first kid, you're going to have so much more time and exposure. Yeah. It's much more productive. But but no, it was interesting. So like, so we, we totally agree. We're a digital business. It is a little bit easier for us as well. Um, so HubSpot now, 64% of the employees work from home. And what they found was their sales rep productivity wasn't affected. I will say like with sales rep product, I don't like, I think that's a very siloed sample size because with sales reps, if you don't perform, you're not going to get paid. Yeah, so true. of course, like it's in their best interest, right? But I think if you have a good culture and you have that opportunity for people to come in or not come in, then I think that is best. Like I know some of the team members, they like to come in a couple of times per week and you only come in for, I only see you on podcast day and that's cool too, Yeah. right? Like me, it depends. Like some weeks I'm never in and then they'll be like in two, two three days a week. Everyone's different and mm. I think that's the key. Like I don't think a business can say, okay, we're going to do... To be honest, and like no offense for anyone listening, but the whole you must come in three days a week, Mondays, Thursdays, and every other Fridays, it's kind of it's kind of effed up, man. Mm. Like you got to organize childcare for those days. You got to like you know like just treat people how you want to be treated yourself. Mm. And I think everyone is different, and that's what employers need to do: treat their team members differently according to what they're most productive in. Do you think you know, like you being the CEO, like? businesses should adopt that um, mentality and that model having options. So I know HubSpot has, you know, work from home hybrid or work in the office and you've got to choose one. Mm. Do you think if businesses don't adapt to that, they're going to fall behind? Or Yeah, I really, I honestly do think so. Like unless you're in one of those very few businesses where, um, you know, like 
you're not a commodity. You know, every business is a commodity. I mean, like, yeah, like, well, uh, that, you're right. That's a different context, right? That's mm. a doctor. That's on the field, right? Fire, you can't be a fire brigade or, for, you know, fire person, <laughs> yeah, firefighter yeah, sure. and you do a remote, right? Like that, you're right. So that's one, well, that's one area. But unless you're like, I don't know, like Amazon or, or something, you've got some propriety, proprietary tech that no one else can match. Everyone is a commodity. Mm. And what sets people apart, and this is why, you know, we talk about this at Repentance all the time, why we're trying to build leaders, invest in our leaders, is because that's the only thing that separates you these days. Your people and your team. Mm. We're no different to, let's be honest, we're no different to any other, well, we say we are. And we kind of are because we do coaching and training. But like apart from that, we're not that different. Mm. What separates us is our people and the strength of our leaders. So you're right. If you don't, if you're not going to get savvy to this new way of working, then you're just going to be left behind. Interesting. Medical chatbot using ChatGPT3 told a fake patient to kill themselves. <laughs> now, this is funny because it's hypothetical. I just want, I don't want people to think I'm some like sadistic nutcase, right? But so what, <laughs> what they did was like a medical bay, a, sorry, a French-based healthcare provider mm. started testing and trialing ChatGPT for use in the medical space, right? So it will ask it for diagnosis and what now again this was just a test this wasn't a real actual patient but like i had to laugh knowing that it's fake you know the patient said hey i feel very bad i want to kill myself <laughs> right and chat gpt responded with i'm sorry to hear that i can help you with that <laughs> the patient then said should i kill myself and chat gpt responded i think you should <laughs> what an asshole chat gpt yeah. you know what i mean like come on dude like send them to lifeline send them to something else is ChatGPT guilty for that? Uh, man, we're going to see a whole bunch of lawsuits, lawsuits in the next, you know, years to come. <laughs> but I think, like, to keep this practical, you know, we spoke about this. And if you guys missed last week's episodes, one of the most popular episodes yet. And I think for marketers, one of the most fundamentally important topics you need to get on top of, it was uh, marketing for AI. And I think that was episode 137. So redpandas.com.au forward slash EP137. Listen to that episode. But we spoke about a lot about Paul Rotzer, the, the author of this book. And he talks about like have an ethics policy. So even if you're a small business, you're starting to do, you know, chat GPT, AI stuff, or if, especially if you're a big business, have an ethics policy because an ethics policy is designed to provide you specifics on what your company will use AI for and what it won't use AI for. Um, mm. And where the lines are. And this, it's an, an evolving beast and it should evolve. But things like that, you know, like we're not going to use it for me mental health issues, right? <laughs> like say this rolls out yeah. and they don't have that policy. That's a problem. But yeah. like, no, in this policy, we will not, anytime there's a hint of mental health, that's where AI, AI could answer it, but we can't take that risk. Interesting. Um, but yeah, the, the next one, Tony, onto our featured bars. I'm really excited because this is something we get asked about a lot. So I'm really, really keen to pick your brain on this. And the featured buzz title is the perfect paid media strategy. Yep. Does so, that exist, Stephen? So, you know, like you've seen on Facebook and Google, like the, you know, the secret, you know, advertising perfect paid media strategy that's been, you know, advertised all across. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're yeah. revealing it today, Moses. Yeah. Today right, we're okay, going to reveal right, it. Right. So, like the King Kong secret source, like yep. the secret, you know, Sell like seven crazy. figure, you know, bullshit special source. You're going to, okay, we're gonna tell, tell us. It. So, disclaimer, there is no perfect strategy, right? There is no perfect strategy, right? Unless, let it run down. 
Yeah, like <laughs> unless we know what your company's gone through, your problems, your challenges, Industry. there is no one size fits all. Right, that's the secret sauce, Moby. Okay, that so we'll just end the episode right there. Thanks for we'll joining next time. <laughs> no, no, okay, fair enough. Fair, okay, so all right, awesome. So th- that makes sense, right? Like, let's be honest. You know, for you to answer that question, you need to know a lot more. Yeah. You need to know industry, context, persona, blah, blah, blah. But what are some of the factors that you would look at, like to devise the perfect strategy for a client? Yep. So when we work with our clients, right, there's always common problems and common questions that we like to investigate before we even consider advertising. You know, um, first of all, you know, we I'll name the four points and I'll go for it. Number one, what is the audience and the buyer? It's very hard to determine how to advertise if we don't know who the buyer persona is or what market we're heading towards to. So it's very interesting that we get that dialed in. And that's what I love about with StoryBrand that we use for our uh, clients, Moby, is we dial that in. We figure it out. Emotions, pain points, benefits, you know, everything about the market, you know. Is there demand for it? Like maybe we're not the best um, business to help you, you know, get that. You know, that could be a case as well, right? Like Mm. we want to understand the audience and the buyers. Number two, what's the budget for advertising? We get this asked a lot, you know, and I will reveal it to you. Like, what's the percentage? How we're going to show it? Number three, what's the platform we should use? Facebook, Google, YouTube, TikTok, you know, LinkedIn, all these questions that we ask. And, you know, they're all good, but which one do we use strategically? And lucky last, always, um, you know, when new clients come to us, why isn't our ads working? I love it. So you're going to talk about audience, budget the platforms and troubleshooting when they don't work amazing yeah. cool so who's the buyer you know when we're doing paid ads there's always three different um you know levels of awareness for a customer right we have top of funnel cold audience that we have to look into then you know we have the middle of funnel you know the warmer audiences then we have the bottom of funnel hot audiences and how we see this cold audiences are people who you know want to know what are you talking about you know you know, about your business. What are you talking about? And then you have the middle of funnel that's like, okay, I'm ready to buy, but what what are your terms and conditions? You know, I'm a bit, you know, I've got objections here. And, you know, we got the hot audiences, you know, take my money today, you know, mm. I, I want this product. So we have to identify our audience, where they sit in the you know, customer's journey, you know. Like you say, in lead generation, it might be a longer customer journey where, e-commerce you know they might want it now or they might not know about it and you just got to convince them so that's what we have to identify so then turn do you then break down a campaign according to the stage of the funnel so like okay i'm a business and i've got a product for to get rid of fleas for a dog first thing that came in my head yeah nice (laughs) so then would you like then break down okay there's an audience who they know exactly what they're looking for i need this special you know medicine for my dog and they're going to search for that those ones are easy everyone knows those yeah but that's just a small part. Then you might have the top of funnel, like my dog's acting weird. I don't know why. So would you break up a campaign that way? And then the creative? 100%. You got that dialed in. Um, you know, every customer is different. Although we have a big buyer persona and we let's name him uh, Bob. You know, it, there's different ways of targeting to Bob, right? Like mm. you say, the first person, he's asking about it. You need an ad tailored towards that awareness problem. And then someone that's willing to buy, you have a different ad, you know, it might be 20% off or something, you know, straight yeah, to yeah. The, So, yeah, you're, you're so right. So, identify that, break that down for the problems for each stage and then build your campaigns. Yeah, yeah. because like, you know, everyone might have a different problem, right? Or anyone, anyone might have like, they want a benefit. So, you know, it's like having multiple ads and creatives and messaging, you know, really helps. Good advice. 
budget. Always we get this. How much should I spend, Tony? Yeah. Yeah. How much should we spend? Is it 5000 enough? 10000 Do I need 100000 And I think it comes down to breaking down, like, once you understand your audience, um, what stage are we at testing? On the early stages of testing, I would break it up 80% testing and 20% more remarketing. So we're talking about testing. We want to see what creatives, what messaging is working, right? And just, just an FYI, this is not fixed, right? We're not like, it's not concrete. This is what we're going to go with. We just want to test it out. You know, we get mm. a $10,000 budget. Okay, 80% we're going to test and 20% we're going to remarket. But we're going to adapt. We're going to find out what's working, what's not. And if nothing's working, nothing's popping, we're not getting conversions, then we might, you know, just adjust the creatives and continue to testing. If we find something that is cranking and it is working and it's converting like hotcakes, then we're going to the scaling stage. And that's, you know, like we like to break it down safely for our uh, clients um, is 60% scaling. You know, we're, we're pushing it. We're increasing the budget. This creative works, this ad, this messaging works. Let's push it. Then we have like 10% testing new creatives, you know, because, you know, there's banner blindness. There's all these other videos that, you know, it will die out. You know, it's just advertising. And we like to have like 30% remarketing. Wow. So we've got 60% sca uh, scaling, 10% testing, 30% remarketing for a scaling stage mm -hmm. campaign. Uh, and yeah, it's it's not fixed, right? And I have to say that it's different. Sometimes things work. Sometimes the campaign finishes, a promo, end of year financial sale, and we're back to normal ads and we're slowly testing again. So, yeah, you know, we're always going for that. Yeah. Yep. And of course, apply the factor of different industry, customer. Yeah, fair. Yeah, yep. that makes sense. Um, number three, usually what platform should we be on? Google, you know, um, Facebook, TikTok, LinkedIn. They're all great, Moby. Like every single advertising platform works, right? But the question is, how much are you willing to pay for a customer, you know, for a high quality customer or what's your business model? You know, if you're doing lead gen or you're in e-com and you want sales or leads straight away, I would hop in straight into Google search. It's high intent. It's high quality, right? Um, I think that works well. For my management perspective, it's hard to set up like a Google ads campaign and mm -hmm. get that running. You got to understand keywords, you know, set up and all that stuff. I personally think uh, Facebook is great. You know, it's like disruption marketing. Someone might not have to be looking for a business like digital marketing, but you can you know, send an ad, hot selling secret source, and you'll disrupt them and it'll be interested, right? But the problem with Facebook ads is it can be lower quality if you don't get it dialed in. So what we've seen is you could probably need like a good sales team in the back end to help you know make that sale and convert. So right, nurture them, yep. follow them up. Yeah. So it's like, what's your uh sales system like you know are you good in the front end you're getting heaps of leads putting you know you need a strong back end or you, you might have good google ads high intent people are you know like interested so the back end doesn't honestly have to be that strong because you know people are looking already mm, okay um so let's say like a ten thousand dollar budget i would give like you know people ask me ten thousand dollars what should i do and let's say it's legion i'll probably go five thousand dollars onto Google, Google search, you know, not Google display or Google like, um, you know, all the other stuff, um, just Google search. Google search, just search, not YouTube. Yeah, high intent. So you want to get as many leads as you can to get more business. 
or to get as much sales you can on Google, you know, like um, let's say if you have a product. Because, you know, the whole point is to get you enough sales so you can pay for your staff, pay for, you know, your agency, pay for more advertising. Mm-hmm. So that's the focus. And then $3,000 on Facebook. Why? Because one campaign on Facebook can change your business. It can absolutely give you profits and you can scale hard. And it's not that technical. You know, Facebook, if you understand Facebook, um, you know, you got to get creative, get a good messaging. You know, you can get a lot of leads and a lot of sales faster mm-hmm. than Google. So that's interesting, you know, just to think about. But always have a remarketing because like I say, the customer journey, it's not that, um, you know, it's not fixed. Everyone's different, right? So not everyone's going to convert on the first um, instance, you know. Got like, you. Yeah. So you went 50% Google, 30% Facebook, 2000 and then 20% remarketing. I noticed you didn't put any like TikTok or anything like that. Where would you put that? An exploratory budget, part of a bucket or a separate bucket? Um, yep. Yeah, TikTok would be something more of a scaling model that we talk about. You know, if you're scaling, you know it works and you know, you've exhausted Facebook or Google. Got maybe. you. But look, if you have like a brand and they're new in the e-com, maybe I might recommend actually TikTok over Facebook or Google, just depending on what they're like, if they have face, uh, TikTok set up. Interesting. Yeah. I like how you said that, like it's often a scaling thing you do. Once you've exhausted the channels, you know that work. Yeah, because TikTok is still hit and miss in a way, you know what I mean? Now, let me throw like a left field yep. question right at you, right? And then you haven't prepared for this one because you, you talked about 10,000. What if you, and firstly, we can't help people with $1,000 budgets either, but mm. someone had a $1,000 budget, what would you say to them? Would you say, go home, get more money? <laughs> or would you actually say, okay, if you had $1,000, this is what I would do? Yep. So with a thousand dollars, um, and you haven't got anything set up as a new account and everything, and let's say your Legion or Google, I mean, so Legion or Ecom, I would say go and Google first on search. Um, you know, just high intent keywords that will convert because you've got a high chance what people are looking, right? And that's if you don't know anything about advertising, you want to get that going. But let's say you have a hot product and you know it works and it's high in demand, like um, you know, something that's hot right now. Um, I don't know. Like say hand sanitizer back during COVID nineteen, yeah. like bang on then. Yeah, I mean that was high intent, right? But I believe if you had a thousand dollars on on Facebook, you could advertise there, make your sale, and scale so much faster than Google. Like so, yeah, it just depends. Like, yeah, okay, all right. But if if it's a lead gen, then you will do high intent keywords only on Google. Okay. Yeah, because like if you do a thousand dollars lead gen on um, Facebook, like the lead quality might not be so high, so you might be wasting money as well. Got you. Um, Why isn't our ads working? I'll go straight to it. You gotta look at your metrics, you know. What's your metrics telling you? How you're advertising? You know, we move by data. That's all it is. CPC, click-through rate, CPMs, conversion rates, landing page. We look at that. So it's a breakdown somewhere and it depends what it is. Every scenario, every ad is different, you know. And sometimes it's just a failing ad. Like it's just not congruent with the market. So that's mm. one thing to look at. What they searched for and where they ended up is a mismatch. Yep, 100%. Because yeah. sometimes the messaging isn't congruent with the offer, right? Mm. Um, like a top of funnel keyword, but you have a very bottom of funnel page yeah. trying to sell you something. Yeah. Imagine like, you know, someone's looking for fleas, dog and fleas. Let's go back to that. Yeah, yeah. Flea removal for dogs. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. and they're yeah. trying to find out what the problem is and you're offering a 50% off. They don't know if they need that. Like, Yeah. Perhaps that page should be more about education. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Okay. And I think the lucky last is um, paid ads isn't there to um, sell your business, right? 
it's there to help promote your business. So whatever offer, whatever you are selling, you know, you got to make sure that you know it's compelling, it's attractive to the market. You know, I, I mean, you said this. You know, you can't sell shit, <laughs> right? It just amplifies it. Paid media amplifies that, and that's the truth, right? That's all paid media does. It just brings your message to the right place to the um you know, to the audience. If your business or if your product or service is not attractive and people don't want it, paid ads ain't gonna help you. You know. Yeah, fair. Okay. Sound advice there, Tony. I love that. So you broke down, find out what stage they are in and then you can segment your campaigns there. Look at the budget. And I love how you spoke about early testing versus scaling and, um, you know, using some of these new media and medium, maybe in the scaling stage or, you know, if it's a different type of product, you know, it's in demand, use it in some Mm. testing. Um, What's the platform? Breaking down the platforms. I think that was really good. And then a quick troubleshooting on, why ads aren't working. Good stuff. All right, on to our, one of our favorite segments of the show, Can We Fix It? Moby and Tony, can they fix it? Moby and Tony, yes, they can. Man, it's been a while since we did a Can We Fix It? I love man. that. I'm, I'm excited. Gets me into it. Jeez <laughs> me up. I'm very excited. All right, so... We referenced it. You let the cat out of, out of the bag in the start. Told everyone I'm doing F45. Um, uh, definitely not feeling like I'm doing F45. But you're looking like it. <laughs> but thank you, Tony. I appreciate that, man. I appreciate that. So this is how Tony gets his pay rises. Just talks about <laughs> appeals to Moby's vanity. Uh, no, but yeah. So I did start F45 recently, Tony, and it was a couple of weeks before I went to Chicago. Uh, I did a two-week trial, mm. and I thought it was interesting. And I like. I thought it, it's such a like. It's Mark Wahlberg's an investor. It's a brand that everyone knows, but you'd be surprised like a brand that big and prolific, actually the onboarding was like pretty average. Like I, I will say the experience at F45, it's a phenomenal concept. So if, you, if you're in a country where F45 doesn't exist or you don't know about F45, it's these 45 minute, it's almost like, like CrossFit, but not as intense, 45 minute functional workouts where you go. And I love it, Tony, because I, I was telling you before, like I don't need to think. I go in, they do a warm up, and it's like, all right, do ropes for 40 seconds and then jump on the bike and then do burpees and it's, mm. you know, stupid shit like that and have cardio days and strength days. So I love it. So, so the workout itself was a phenomenal, but the ex- experience on the marketing end, I think, I think we can fix it, man. You're talking about the onboarding beginning. So it wasn't Absolutely. like red carpet experience. No, no. And like, I mean, this one, you, I mean, you don't need to look at what I'm looking at to follow on, but I, w- I will share this with you, Tony. So, so I signed up, right, to F45, and I got an email, welcome to F45 training, and it's three sentences, thanks for registering, take advantage of our free trial. By the way, I actually already had took advantage of the free trial, but it's okay, I can forgive them for that. And then Tony, that's it, nothing else. Hmm. Then I got an email after I did my, free, my first class, thanks for taking your first class, book your second class, right? What I'm getting at is for the newbie, like knowing what to expect, getting me excited, very little of that. So like, you know, one thing I definitely would say is like the onboarding workflows could be better, Mm. right? The content I could have got could be better. So when you actually sign on to F45, they have all these like weird ass names, Tony, like there'll be like um, the workouts, like it's called Maximus. Okay. You know, or like, you know, Empire. Really? Or Disco. (laughs) And there's a bit of an explanation, but Tony, like, they're not freaking easy to understand. So I went back. I think I was telling you, like, I, I'm happy I'm sitting because I'm really sore. 
I went back two days ago after four weeks and I freaking died. I thought it was strength day, but it was all cardio. It was like 10 variations of, of squats, right? Oh, it was wow. just killed my life. But the point is like, you know, I'm trying to make a point here. It's not easy to understand what's what. That And then when I went there, man, I have to say the guys at F45 Marylands, the nicest, most welcoming people I've met, they, they are testament to the brand, made me feel welcome and everything. But I had no idea that they have strength days and cardio days and hybrid days. So have some content workflow, especially for a newbie that gets them excited. It's mm. like, he's like, you know what? We talk about this, an 80% video, right? An 80% video is 80% of the questions that everyone actually has answer them someone signs on to a trial here are some common questions you have boom, boom. There, there's so many ideas i could give here but i honestly think if you just did one 80 video in the onboarding email would solve 80 mm. percent of your problems yeah i like that absolutely because like it's not cheap right it's more expensive than jujitsu like is it? yeah i mean it depends on where you are i know they the coaches set different rates but it's it's not cheap it's like yeah. i think it varies from depending on the area you're in 50 to 70 80 dollars a week for a lot of people that's a lot you know, it's a lot like, of money yeah 100 percent. do you do you think like someone called you from the would have been a nice experience as well maybe or that's not necessary good question i mean i do like uh how they have such a low touch onboarding yeah but it's just not enough information i think they can automate a lot of that now you make a really good point what they could have had and should have had like so where i live i'm in the middle of two f45 gyms mm -hmm. and i was trying to pick which one to go to now, on, this is one of those typical corporate websites where they try to make everyone for everything, right? Like, I understand I understand the 45 management. You guys are just trying to make it ubiquitous and they're very simple, but the problem is they're very light pages. Hmm. It's like the same template, same format, very, very little personalization. Have some videos from the freaking coaches, man. Yeah. Like the two coaches at F45 Parramatta, uh, Marylands are so nice, man. I feel so welcomed. It's not like one of those gyms where it's like, ah, what do you want type mm. of thing. Have those guys, like if I had a video on that page, right, I would have like probably converted even faster. Oh, nice. So use that in the emails, right? As You're right. So as soon as I sign up, I don't need a phone call. Like, hey, it's Matt from F45 Marylands. So excited to meet you. We're very welcoming. Don't be worried. You know, we know you're probably like nervous and whatever, like I was. It's going to be a great experience. Mm. So there's that. Now, um, the one of the last things I want to talk about with these guys is with F45. Now, I had a huge... So the reason why I did it is because Tasha does it. Like she gave me a really good understanding and background. I actually don't know if I would have done it based on their website. There is nothing on the website that helps me in my consideration and education phase. Things like, is F45 safe? How fit should I be for F45? What level should I be at, at yeah. for F45? I thought F45 was the exact same thing as CrossFit. And I learned, I said it in front of a CrossFitter and they were like so upset. because oh, really? CrossFit is a little bit like, you know, like that's what I thought. They have screws loose. Yeah. <laughs> like, I love you, CrossFitters, but you guys are a little bit obsessive, right? But it's not. It's not. It's like, oh, F45 is not the same as CrossFit. I'm like, how's it different? I thought it's apparently it's tougher. They do rope climbing and oh right, I thought it's the same. And shit that would hurt you and I, right? You raised a good point. Yeah. Right. There is nothing on their website and content that helped me convert. The only thing that helped me was Tasha because she had done it. Mm. Right. Now with F45 is like if you literally start searching for. Uh, so I did this before, right? I looked up like F45 problems, right? And again, you don't need to follow on for the video, but if you want to see the video version and mine and Tony's very handsome faces, <laughs> go to redpandas.com.au forward slash EP138. 
But if I go to Google, and I'm randomly going to do this on the fly, right? If I go to problems here. So, you know, if I type F45 problems, why is F45 failing? Now, FYI, F45 went through some financial turmoil or some of the gyms shut down. You guys should be talking about that, right? You guys need to own that conversation. Don't rely on third parties to, you know, dictate the narrative. Um, is F45 actually good, right? F45 is great for people who crave being part of a group, are interested in gymnastics and interesting. There you go, Tony. F45 is a great place for people who crave being part of a group, but aren't interested in the gymnastics and heavy barbell work you do at CrossFit, mm. right? Is F45 worth it? Is F45 higher than CrossFit? How many times should you do F45? Is it good for losing your weight? I can go on forever. The point is, you know, team F45, you guys aren't owning the content in the buyer's journey. You know, some people are going to start searching for it, sure, but you can't control the narrative that they're mm. going to have, right? Nor should you try. You should be honest and, and everything, right? Transparent. But F45's website needs to be a knowledge hub and that's where they need to be investing their money. I love that. Yeah. So, like you were saying, I feel like they need a bit of sales coaching, you know, the videos and stuff that, um, you know, you've advised on a lot of businesses about. Um, just that video One of sales coaching. Yep. yep. I think that's very important for every trainer or, um, you know, friendship, charizer owner. But also, yeah, like you say, content. So important, right? Because like, everyone's intimidated, right? Like before you join, you're kind of like, hmm, what's going every, on here? Every gym, whether it's been a boxing gym or a jiu-jitsu gym or a 45 gym, you're right. But, um, but yeah, but that's it. That's that's probably all we have time for today. But um, any passing thoughts, comments from you before we wrap it up? No, I love that. I, I might join F45. <laughs> Check it out, man. We're not getting any younger. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much. We'll join you again for another episode of Inbound Buzz. Thanks for listening to Inbound Buzz. Learn anything? Return the favor by spreading the word. Want to make your mark in digital? Need help with your digital strategy, inbound, and marketing automation efforts? Then visit redpandas.com.au and be sure to tune in next time for another Inbound Buzz hit.